0: Hello, welcome to the program, everyone. I am Trish Regan. We're brought to you, as always, in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560. I'll tell you, you know what? They really, really don't like this guy. Watch him here in New Hampshire over the weekend.
1: We didn't have one attack in four years. We had the travel ban. We banned people from coming in that weren't good. The Biden administration is running on the fumes of the great success of the Trump administration. They're just...
0: No, no, no. They, they don't want anything to do with him. He is persona non grata. You know that. You know that. But there's a new reason, it seems, why. I mean, they already didn't like him. But things just got ratcheted up. Remember those documents that he took from Mar-a-Lago? Well, it turns out there's some stuff in there, and we're going to talk about this. This is just coming out. There's some stuff in there that could take the whole system down, so to speak. And so is it any wonder that they talk like this? Thank you to our friends over at Grabian, and Tom Elliott and company for putting this montage together. Wow. Listen to the rhetoric we're hearing right now out of the establishment surrounding Donald Trump.
2: What would a second Donald Trump term look like?
0: Well, he cannot be the next president um it it, because if he
2: is you can't imagine the things that he's going to do mexico canada we can't go to canada because eventually canada will become annexed to america and shoot visitors to the white house yeah that means he can shoot the first lady
0: We're going to see violence the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th.
2: Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. Rewrite the Constitution.
1: Create mass internment camps.
2: Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate.
0: Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, is it over the top or is it over the top? Now, there's a reason it's like this, by the way, shall we say. I mean, mean, if you really want to split hairs, the fact that The Biden administration showed up, what, eight days after Joe Biden was elected at that meme maker's house. You know, the poor kid who just posted a meme because he thought it was funny about Hillary Clinton and then winds himself up in, in federal prison for some seven months. They wouldn't even give him the option of bail. When you think about everything that they've done to stop Donald Trump in this entire process, I mean, these are things that are are pretty concerning. Matt Taibbi, the journalist who got access to the Twitter files, he was going to testify before Congress, because, you know, it turns out that apparently the State Department was very involved in what got tweeted and what didn't there on Twitter under previous ownership. Now called X. Thank you, Elon Musk. Matt Taibbi had the feds showing up at his doorstep. The IRS showed up. I mean, coincidence? I think not. So you want to talk about using the law to your advantage, the the party, if you ask me, that's there right now is doing a whole lot of that, a whole lot of that, and yet they're trying to warn us in such a desperate way that like you might all be dead. I mean that, that that's what they they said he might kill his wife <laughs> and get away with it. We're gonna we're gonna be put in camps, this that and the. I mean it's kind of excessive. I guess they're trying to say, well, they, they have the, quote-unquote, ammunition because of January 6th. We can talk about that another time. That one's going to the Supreme Court, by the way. But what's fascinating to me is that it's getting ratcheted up in part, one, because they got a lousy candidate that can't win in 2024 because he's got bad policies and has done an awful, awful job with our economy, with our foreign relations, with our border, et cetera. And so everybody knows that. But the other reason they seem to be so adamant that they have to perpetuate this narrative is perhaps because they may all go up in smoke if Donald Trump comes back into office and decides to move forward with any kind of prosecution surrounding what the deep state may have done. So let me take you back to 2016. I'll never forget. You know, I woke up. It was like a Saturday morning or something. And I saw these tweets from the president. He was furious. Absolutely. Well, then candidate Donald Trump. He's totally livid. Like you could just see that he was seething. And I think he maybe did a speech or something about it over the weekend. He was angry because Carter Page, one of the guys that worked for him, had his phone tapped. It was like wiretapping of Trump Tower. And he was just blown away by that, as he should have been, and as I think he continues to be. And so this was sort of a weird thing to have happen. And don't forget, the reason it was going on was all because of this so-called dossier, this dirty dossier, which turned out to be nothing but a whole bunch of opposition research. Bought and paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign, vis-a-vis a fancy law firm in D.C., that contracted with a fancy group of former Wall Street Journal reporters, investigative reporters that went out and contracted Christopher Steele, who was the ex-British spy, who went out and contracted a guy, by the way, who was suspected of being a Russian spy, by the U.S. So all these layers, right, they put this piece of garbage together, and they used that as a reason to then wiretap the president. But apparently in this particular report... I want to share with you. This came to us via the New York Times. We talked a little bit about this before, but the new details are emerging. Because you see, this is a a, a report that actually, in its original version, could be extraordinarily damaging, extraordinarily damaging to the people involved. And by that, I mean obviously Lisa Struck or what was it P- Page and Struck. I can never get their names right. But you know the the infamous duo that had a a little thing going on, like. They, we saw some of their quotes, but apparently there's a lot more, but not just that, like many, many, many other people and sources are revealed their methods of finding out any information about Donald Trump, any way of getting this wiretapping things started. That's all in there. And so he's got the goods. And if he exposes that, you see, it could take down everything. It's pretty significant. Right. And so I think that now it's this like do or die thing. They are so desperate. They are so desperate. But the more desperate they get guys, I mean, they sound crazy. Right. So the more desperate they get, I think the more people start to say, well, I, you know, I I don't think I buy this. I mean, think about how desperate they were on everything else. They were desperate to tell us that Hunter Biden's laptop was totally perfectly fine and clean. And by the way, that wasn't even Hunter Biden's laptop. That was just opposition research. That was, that was nothing but a bunch of misinformation that Russia was trying to feed us, right? Russia, Russia, Russia. And so you consider that. Oh, by the way, they pinned it all on Rudy Giuliani. They said Rudy Giuliani was basically doing the bidding for the Russians. So they got Rudy Giuliani back, right, with $148 million fine that the jury leveled on him. I mean, that's pretty chilling stuff. You want to talk about going after your enemies? I mean, we'll see what happens in an appeals court, and you know those jury verdicts can get reversed. 148 million—I guess they'll just completely financially ruin him. Well, could Donald Trump do the same thing to them as a result of those reports that he took to Mar-a-Lago? that they are so freaked out about. I mean, so the Hunter Biden laptop, right? 51 x spooks like, wouldn't you think you were supposed to believe the ex-deputy director of the CIA when he says there's no way, no how, and puts it together this letter to let everybody know that it's just the Russians trying to feed us misinformation. And that Hunter Biden didn't do anything wrong. It turns out he did a whole lot of stuff, like, a lot of stuff wrong. Okay? And, and I can say that because I know there are, like, allegations at this point. With the nine count indictment and uh, other stuff that that he's several indictments now that he's been facing. We're still waiting on the not registering as a foreign agent indictment. But hey, he admitted to some of this stuff, for goodness sakes, in that original plea deal that just didn't stick. And then you had, well, the the Wuhan lab situation. Donald Trump dared. I'll never forget this. It might have been April or May of 2020. And I had already heard I have been hearing since February from sources that. There was this town called Wuhan and they had the Wuhan lab where they were studying these coronaviruses. And so this was out there and Donald Trump knew it. But at some point, some reporter decided to ask this question. And he kind of went with, well, you know, yeah, that's like something that we're looking at. And it went crazy again the very next day. Like Anthony Fauci was everywhere. You had nature coming out with a big giant piece on how it could never have come out from Wuhan, like that lab. Like that was just preposterous. And yet, now, here we are, and I can talk about this now. Like, here we are, what, three years later, nearly. And it turns out that most of the three-letter agencies, everybody except for the CIA, which remains divided on this, most of these agencies, including the Energy Department, are all saying, yeah, you know what? Looks like it came from that Wuhan lab. (laughs) So when they freak out so badly about him, and yet we learn that everything they've told us is wrong. You understand it sets the stage for a lack of trust that's rather massive and significant. And yet this is the only way they think they can win. I want to go back, and, and before I play this soundbite from Donald Trump, I want you to think about what they're saying. And, and in fact, the, the narrative today... It's because of the speech he gave over the weekend in which he said something that, you know, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kid you. I mean, he, he tends to use words that are powerful. He's always done this. Like, this is nothing new. I think mean, the first time I met him was, oh gosh, it was like years ago, like 2004 or something, 2005, back when the Trump organization filed for bankruptcy in Atlantic City. So I, I've. I've known him since then. And and he speaks in sort of very, very elaborate ways using rhetoric that, yeah you know, I get it. Like usually presidential figures don't necessarily use, or if they use it, they use it behind the scenes. Well, he was making the point over the weekend that he didn't like immigrants that were coming to this country illegally. And I think he said the words poisoning the blood of America. So that was a pretty direct thing to say I'm going to play you some more of the speech but keep that in the back of your mind because they went bonkers today everywhere right everybody that was on the airwaves saying this is really dictator like talk and they said things like you know he he's so bad like we have to stop him we have to stop him we have to stop him because he's saying things and you know I I get it like you want to be careful you want to be cautious but that's never been him right like I think we all know that by now Maybe Biden's cautious, but then he kind of sucks at everything he does. Excuse my French, right? Like he can't get the economy going. He can't fix the border. He can't figure out the international situation. He's not even standing by Israel to the way that he should right now for political reasons. Anyway, here's Donald Trump. They really did not like what he said in the beginning about sending everyone back. But this is what he did, right? You he came here illegally. He didn't want you. Think of how things have changed.
1: We didn't have one attack in four years. We had the travel ban. We banned people from coming in that weren't good. The Biden administration is running on the fumes of the great success of the Trump administration. They're just running on the fumes of what we did with the tax cuts and the regulation cuts. Without us, this thing would have crashed to levels never seen before. And if we're not elected, we will have a depression, the likes of which you haven't seen since the depression of 1929. We're not talking about a recession. You're going to have a lot worse than that. The way they're wasting trillions of dollars on Green New Deal nonsense and giving it away to other countries. Crooked Joe Biden's failed presidency has already cost your family tens of thousands of dollars a year. And now he's running on the biggest... And most punishing tax hike in American history. You know that. He's going to quadruple your taxes.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, that message resonates in my little home state of New Hampshire. Live free or die. Country, baby. Live free or die on my mug that you see me gulping all the time. Um, by the way, if you're looking for Christmas gifts, Trish Regan. for your live free or die mug. Anyway, you saw the live free or die signs. New Hampshire is a state that has no income tax. And by the way, no sales tax. Everybody's like, how do you guys manage? How do you, you know, like they get it done. They actually have it in their constitution. They have to budget. They have to balance the budget every single year. They get it done. They don't like the idea of their taxes going up. And so he's talking their language there in the state of New Hampshire. I was looking at where they were. They were in Durham, which is home to the University of New Hampshire, which actually just got rated number two, I think, in the country by fire. The organization that looks at free speech, Harvard was dead last. But go UNH. All right. So he had some fans there in New Hampshire. And he's talking about some of the things that just, frankly, really resonate with people. But when he talks about sending people home or he talks about, you know, some of the things he he, the rhetoric, then everybody flips out and they use that. They use that as ammunition to go after him. But at the same time, he's speaking to the people in a way that, you know, For better or for worse, I mean, there are there are challenges that we have in this country as a result of the immigration issue not being confronted. And he was he had to deal with this, too. Right. That's what the border wall was all about. I'm going to get to that in a second. But before I do, did you see what happened over the weekend? Joe Biden was in a car accident. His motorcade, his SUV got hit by a guy who'd had a few too many pops (laughs) Pops, <laughs> a DUI, um, was what he was charged with, a guy named James Cooper. He's 46 years old. But as this news broke, I, I want to see if we can play any of the video for you. Biden was pretty shocked, and unfortunately for him, a reporter was kind of a callous thing to ask at this particular time. Hey, I call it like I see it. You know what? The president was hit. That's sort of weird, by the way, because I've been in... Places where the president's motorcade has gone by and the traffic has been so severe and so annoying. I'm talking about New York City. I just remember, like, especially when Obama was in town, like, they would just shut the whole thing down. Anyway, his motorcade, somehow, somebody hits it? Like, I don't even know how that happens. So when I first heard the news, I thought, oh, my goodness. Like, somebody is targeting him or, gosh, you know? Is this their way of getting Kamala in? That's not good for anyone, including them. I, I mean I was actually kind of worried. You see, I, I do have a heart. <laughs> anyway, he was hit by this and some reporter asked him about the polls. Let's take a look. Mr. President, why so you are you can losing a trough in the polls? Oh So they got a little nervous because some traffic sped up. You could hear that in the background. He was, I think I would imagine, like a little bit frazzled. I mean, you're the president of the United States and your car gets rammed. I mean, that's kind of scary. And uh, the the security guys, like Secret Service, again, I don't really know how you get rammed like that. But apparently he was under the influence. And uh, James Cooper is his name. We didn't know his name like forever. I was waiting last night. I'm like, are they going to tell us who this was? I mean, maybe he didn't fit the sort of profile of what they The best case scenario, they were trying to figure out what was going on, and they were doing a background check on him. You know, worst case scenario, he he didn't fit. Because I, I sort of wonder, like, if it had been... He he checked a couple of demo boxes, whatever. Like, I, I wonder if it were the other way. Like, if they had ever found out that that was some middle American white dude with a, you know, a beard and... <laughs> you know, loved uh, Donald Trump and had tweeted out some stuff, then I think it would have been a very different scenario. And by the way, we would have gotten his name last night, but we waited, we waited, we waited. It just came out a few hours ago, late, late, late this morning or into the afternoon. So that was sort of an adventure, if you would. But the the administration is really, you know, struggling with a a bunch of issues on on, on multiple fronts. And this is effectively why... He is not popular, even within his own party. I want to go to some new polls that just came out. I mean, this is wild mammoth poll. They're saying that this is the worst mammoth poll approval rating he's ever had in his presidency. So it's like, sing, 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 plunge down. Like, I don't know how they run him. I've said this from the beginning. I mean, if, if they were smart, they wouldn't. If the Democrats were smart, they never would have run Jimmy Carter way back when. But then we never would have had the wonderful Ronald Reagan, right? (laughs) So it's a good thing that they weren't smart and they're continuing not to be smart. We've got Jimmy Carter 2.0 here, who's, by the way, nearly Jimmy Carter's age. Anyway, he's not doing a very good job on anything. And so that's reflected in this poll. But he doesn't seem to know that. Like he, he yelled out to the reporter. Hey, you know, you're just looking at the wrong polls. Politico picked up on this. They've got an article today that cites how Joe Biden continually keeps citing statistics that aren't even correct. He tells people, oh, no, like those polls are this or that. But it turns out the polls are actually not that. They're really bad, Joe. You're in bad, bad shape, whether or not you want to admit it or not. And it's because of your policies, buddy. Like, it's just not that hard. And Donald Trump, when he talks about things like this green energy stuff, you know, he's not all wrong. He's not all wrong because the tax subsidies and the incentives that they put in place for all that, it's kind of wild. And then you think at the same time, hey, Hunter had all those deals with all these overseas energy companies, traditional energy companies. And what do you think Burisma was? It was natural gas. What do you think that company over in China was? Another natural guess. These are traditional energy companies. So while they're they're raking it in for themselves, personally, on a financial front for themselves, what happens to the American people? I mean, you can't just say, hey, suddenly we're like, not going to drill anymore. Like We're just not going to allow this. What happened to energy independence? You lose energy independence, all you're doing is lining the pockets, by the way, of Saudi Arabia and Russia. It's sort of mind boggling because if you actually want to look out for American interests, you look out for American interests. It shouldn't be that hard. Part of that includes having a border, having rules, having an immigration policy that makes sense and the ability to actually enforce it. Otherwise, you're left with hospitals being overcrowded in places like Chicago and New York City right now because they're inundated with the illegals. You've got people in Chicago that are furious because they're saying, wait a second, why do the illegals get six months of a free hotel and meals? And by the way, a cell phone too. And what about the people of Chicago? Thank you very much. we got a homeless situation here that's kind of out of control. So they are making sense, but God help you. If you're one of the Dems, that decides to get on that bandwagon. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, has made that mistake over and over again. They're coming for him. Listen to him. He seems to still be doubling down on this whole issue of the feds are just MIA when it comes to dealing with immigration. And he's right.
1: We had to do a real job of explaining to everyday New Yorkers that the federal government has abandoned uh, this important issue that's a national issue. So
2: they're angry, and it's going to come out. I'm the mayor. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you have to do what's right for your city. You have to try and look out for your city. But they don't like that, shall we say, in the White House very much. Meanwhile, this video, this I, I gotta show you guys this because this is unbelievable. This came into us, this cursey of Fox. They put out a drone at the border, and what you're gonna see is just appalling. It's really appalling because it shows you how bad things are. They're actually diverting resources now. They don't have enough people on the border to be able to manage this massive inflow. So what are they doing? They're actually taking people that would be dealing with commerce, like railroads. And they're bringing those border agents in to try and deal with the pure numbers of people that are coming across the border. And it's sort of crazy because it questions, once again, the priorities of this administration. I want you to see this. Let's go to this. Courtesy of Fox News right now.
2: Take a live look at our Fox News drone over in Eagle Pass. They have had another mass illegal crossing out there. You can see hundreds upon hundreds of illegal immigrants waiting for processing there. You might be able to see a bridge off in the background. That is where the trains come in. Well, CBP has announced they are suspending railway operations to move CBP officers down into the field to help Border Patrol with processing. In other words, Harris, they're shutting down international commerce in order to help speed up processing of these migrants. Many of them, again, will be released. And back out here live, mm-hmm. December is traditionally one of the slowest months at our southern border. But uh, the Border Patrol Union tells us right now their numbers show they are on track to potentially have the highest single month of arrest they have ever had at our southern border. We'll
0: wow. I like that guy. I don't know who he is, but he is one of the few people in the news business that reports on the border that actually speaks Spanish seriously, like at Networks, I was always, like, and I've worked with a lot of networks, like how am I the only person that speaks Spanish? The people with Spanish names didn't even speak it. Um, I digress, but I like that guy. I think he's doing a really good job. And it's incredible to me. It's incredible to me that you can actually not care enough about the entire immigration issue that it it finally just hits you in the head like that where you have to take resources from other things, like the officers that are trying to deal with, with the transport, the railway transport. Don't forget, remember, we had a whole big supply chain problem. I remember that. You remember that, right, during 2020? Why? Because everything shut down and you didn't have all that supply chain working properly. And then it took a while to get back up. Meanwhile, they just kept printing money. So, you know, everybody kind of was flush with cash, and that's why you have so much inflation right now. And yet they're going to do it again? Because they're, they're diverting resources from things like commerce? I, I just it's it's so mind-boggling. It's like you just want some common sense, but you've got this big bureaucratic machine that can't get out of its own way. Which is why every poll right now is showing Donald Trump ahead. And again it scares the heck, the heck out of the elites, out of the media elites, out of the deep state elites, out of the corporate elites. I want to play this again, this this compilation, which just really sort of, I think, showcases how bad it has gotten with everybody just hammering. You know, the the guys over at they they created like this three or four minute long compilation. I'm just playing a little tiny bit of it. But you're going to get the picture. This is how they think.
2: What would a second Donald Trump term look like?
0: Well, he cannot be the next president. Um, it, it, because if he
2: is, you can't imagine the things that he's going to do, Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America and shoot visitors to the white house. Yeah. That means he can shoot the first lady.
0: We're going to see violence the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it
2: illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. Rewrite the Constitution.
1: Create mass internment camps.
2: Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail, or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate.
0: You scared yet? I mean, this is how freaked out they are. They are just totally freaked out. They can't let them win. They can't let them win. You're going to hear a lot more of that, by the way, as we get closer and closer to 24 Warning, warning. And you're going to hear it from entertainers, too. In fact, this one, Rosie O'Donnell is back in action with full-blown TDS, Trump derangement syndrome 2.0. She was kind of upset because, I don't know, she, like, UFC fan? I, I didn't realize that, but she was, like, freaking out because, take a look, Trump went with Dana White again and Kid Rock to the UFC thing. President, CEO White. And they are all inside there was like a fire that he wanted to see right. I think actually won. And Rosie was like flipping out. She's like, oh my gosh, you know, she just can't take, let's, let's watch her total meltdown because it's just, you know, kind of fun and funny and we need a little levity these days.
2: Uh, Trump just arrived at the UFC 296 he loves Colby Covington and Leon Edwards, I hope, is going to smash his face in because I can't stand Colby Covington and I can't stand Donald Trump. And the one thing I hate about the UFC is that he ruins it every time he shows up. I mean, come on, Dana White. You got to do better. Really? Really?
0: <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I just didn't know that she was a UFC fan, but... It kind of makes sense, right? Anyway, he's uh, hanging out with the UFC guys. He's got his buddy, Kid Rock, who, you know, I told you the other day, I don't know what's going on with Kid Rock. Like, he's suddenly, like, all about the Bud Light thing. Of course, Dana just did this huge deal for the UFC for over $100 bucks for Bud to be the sponsor. So just so you know, it might have something to do with that. I don't know. But point being, Rosie's mad. TDS. 2.0. 2.0. You ready for it? I'm not, but, you know, we're going to get a lot of it. And what it is 2.0 because it's like on steroids at this point. So prepare yourself, ladies and gentlemen. I want to go back to the issue of immigration because... People talk about these things. I know everybody wants to be nice. Hey, you know what? Just open the borders. Bring everyone here. You know what? It doesn't work that way because all these things come with consequences. I would highlight, number one, the economic consequences that come, with just bringing everyone in. Think about those small towns in Texas and what they've had to deal with. Leslie, I see she's joined the show again. One of our wonderful supporters and friends here on The Trish Regan Show. Make sure if you haven't subscribed, do subscribe to the live program. But, Leslie, you've talked about this a lot, I know, how challenging it is because you're in Texas for all of those Communities to have to deal with the repercussions from an economic standpoint of all these people coming into their towns. You got, you know, kids that got to be in school. You got people that got to be fed and clothed and housed and educated and treated for any health conditions. So you got overcrowded hospitals. You got overcrowded schools. You got a mess on your hands. Not to mention the danger element, right? And I'm not saying that everybody's, but hey, look, you got a lot of people that are coming in that aren't all say you know moms and kids we've seen the video by the way strangely I showed you the other day in California at the border there they had a a whole bunch of people that actually were from China like young men from China so they they definitely didn't fit the sort of stereotype of what the left wants you to believe the people are that are coming in I like to think people are coming here for a better life but you know what Even even if they are like, let's just let's assume the best guys. All right. Like, like, let's be generous. I, I know it's not always the case with the people that are coming here, but let's just be generous and assume the very, very best. The problem, the problem becomes just reality. Like, how much can a community absorb? before it really starts to hurt. And it's hurting in New York and it's hurting in Chicago. Why? Because they're shipping them from Texas to Chicago and New York because they want the blue states to figure out just exactly how bad this is so that somebody puts a little bit of pressure onto the Biden administration to do its job. I mean, we are a federal government. Otherwise, hey, Texas, you know, Texas, I'll just say, I'm out of here. See you guys. You know what? You're not doing your part to hold up this country As a nation, why that is, I mean, a lot of people speculate it's because they're trying to change the demographics of a place like Texas. (sighs) Ultimately, I, I hope that doesn't work. But what I do want to point out is that no matter what, you've got to be thoughtful about who you're bringing in. Kissinger, right before he died, I've played this sound for you. I'm actually not going to play it right now because he was very fragile and very old when he said it. So it's easier for me to just paraphrase. But he sat down for his last interview. You know what he said? he said that you can't always just bring people in and that Germany was mistaken to bring all the Syrians in because if people culturally are not enough like you and cannot adapt to some kind of semblance of commonality, I'm not saying you lose your culture. I mean, one of the things that makes us great as a country is that we borrow a little from here and a little bit from there and a little bit from over there and we bring it together to make it American and as Americans, we're stronger because of that. But if you're not willing to accept anything from over there or over there and be American, well, then we've got a problem. Now, don't we? And that affects us not just economically, but it affects us from a security standpoint internationally. And this is one of the reasons why you're seeing such pushback out of states like Minnesota and Michigan. Why? Oh, because, well, you get a very large Muslim population. This is something that the Democrat representative, Debbie Dingell, actually just flagged. Let's listen to her for a minute. Debbie Dingell, I think she was on MSNBC. They usually are, right, if they're a Democrat, goes on MSNBC, and she kind of just shocked everyone. They're like, wait a second, you're not supposed to say that. Like a Democrat actually admitting that the demographics in her state have changed because of the immigration population coming in. Like she's totally speaking out of turn. I'm sure, like the MSC, MBC person's like, oh, jaws dropping. Let, let's listen and watch. One of the big issues for voters in Michigan is the issue of how President Biden is handling the war in the Middle East, with some calling to quote, abandon Biden over his handling of the Israel. Hamas war. Of course, Michigan has one of the largest Muslim populations in the country. Is there anything President Biden can do to win back those voters? So there's a lot that has to be done. And this is a very serious issue. I, um, I lived in Dearborn for 40 years with a man that I loved. I moved last year because of redistricting. I know this community, they are hurting. All of us in this country need to understand what's happening in Gaza right now. You can fight about how many thousands of people have been killed, but six to 8,000 children have been killed. 85 okay, percent all right, of the that's people enough in her. Gaza. And you know what? I got that wrong because it's actually the MSNBC reporter shockingly admitting that there might be some correlation, right, to the Muslim population there and how there's all this pressure suddenly on the Biden administration. I mean, it might also have something to do with this lady. You saw her little temper tantrum outside Capitol Hill recently. This was right after October 7th. I mean, it was so bad. Some of the things that she said, she was calling for a ceasefire right away. Even, even Karine Jean-Pierre came out and said it was abhorrent that she was calling for this. I mean, she had some very choice words, which apparently Rashida still hasn't forgiven her for. They're going to try and take her down. Watch. Anyway, let's watch and see Rashida Tlaib. To our president. Yes, he still our Well, hold on. I know. Hey, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith. I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not. It's. (laughs) I know. I mean, I think the White House... It's not a threat. I am darn serious, Joe Biden. If you don't ease up, right? If you don't get Israel to ease up. And so now this is the rhetoric that you're hearing from the White House. actually just got a little bit icky with Jake Sullivan because a reporter from Israel kind of asked him a a question about it. I'll I'll show you guys that tomorrow because he had to kind of walk a line there. But this is our ally. And they were attacked. And everybody was forgetting that. Like from day one, Rashida totally forgot that. And the rest of them all forgot it. Well, might it have something to do? Debbie Dingle, too, they're in Michigan. Like these these people, these, these politicians, Joe Biden, Debbie, anyone, they are so worried about getting elected again that they can't actually do the right thing which would be to stand by your ally, Israel, in a time of need. They can't do the right thing because, you see, demographics have changed so much. This is why immigration is important, why it's important to remember Kissinger's words about be very careful who you bring in because you have to be able to mesh from a cultural standpoint. And yet let's go to what's happening right now in the state of Minnesota. You see they need a new flag they've decided. We want a new flag. Can we show the old flag because I think it's important to understand the flag that they have now. I want to show the sort of it's blue with yellow and brown and red and that is the flag for the state of Minnesota. And and these are the these are the state colors, right? We, we looked it up. We looked it, we can show them that too because these I just want you to know these are the state colors and they've been those colors for a while. Blue, brown, white, you know, they get some red in there, so just understand that because this is the new flag that they want. Dun, ta-da. Well, one of those. I think they're going to go with that one with the green and the blue. So these are these these are the finalists. There were 2,500, more than 2,500 entries for designs for the new Minnesota state flag. Don't forget, Ilhan Omar is the Woman who's from uh, in government from none other than Minnesota. Well, um, she's also originally, of course, from Somalia. And there's a large Somali population in the state of Minnesota. So let's look at maybe where this was inspired from. Can, can we show the, the flag from Puntland, Minnesota? Do you see on your screen there the colors? The star, I mean, that's kind of surreal, right? So she's from, Ilhan Omar is from Puntland. I'm not saying that this was she that inspired all this, but I, I do think there's a correlation between there being a very large Somali population. Do we have the final contender? I just want to ask the team because if you have the final contender, we'll show it. I, I We might not actually have it in there, but if not, we can go back to the, the five finalists. Oh, there it is. Ha ha. Okay. So look familiar? <laughs> right. Is this not like an example of them trying to placate the the population? I mean the state legislature doesn't have Ilhan in it. No, no, she's got the big gig on Capitol Hill. But they are very aware of who's in their state. And it's no longer, you know, what it was. It's changed pretty dramatically. And so as a result of that, you're going to have a state flag that looks just like the flag in Somalia. And you have people in Congress that are doing the bidding of their constituents that are not in line with what we historically have really stood for. Let's be very clear. Like we had a hand in creating Israel. Okay, Israel was created for a reason. Look at look at the challenges that the Jews have faced in the Middle East. Look at the fact that they went to Israel, not too long ago, by the way, and they took what was nothing, and they made it into a tremendous capitalist success through their own hard work, creativity, ingenuity, all the things that you know what it's available to other people. But no, they would rather spend more time pointing at the Israelis, saying, "You know what? You're the reason I can't get ahead." Sound familiar? I mean, that's the whole sort of crux of this DEI nonsense stuff. This is the whole thing that's infected our culture. This whole idea that you're not going to be rewarded for your hard work. No, we're going to reward you based on the color of your skin. To heck with meritocracy. We've got to fix everything and we're going to fix it this way. And it is actually a recipe for total disaster. It is such a departure from what we are and who we are. And I give Elon Musk a ton of credit for spending a whopping. What was it? 52 billion dollars? I told you that deal will get through. It's pretty hard once you say you're going to buy something. Delaware courts don't take too well to you not buying it, but I, I'm glad that he bought it. X, as it's officially known. You can follow me there. Trish underscore Regan. I think it's wonderful that Elon got this, and that he is now enabling people to really speak freely, and he's out there himself calling out the insanity. I mean, one of the most insane companies of all is Disney. Disney. I used to love Disney. We had like an annual pilgrimage to Disney as a kid. I thought it was like the best place ever. We would drive down all the way from New Hampshire to Florida. And this was in the days before you had iPads or iPhones or anything else, right? So uh, it was, it was a fun, fun trip, fun family memories. And it was a big deal like going to Disney and Disney represented so much and Disney was all American and great family fun. And it's departed from that significantly. And you know what? So has its consumer base. Consumers are like, well, I don't like this anymore. Why do I need to go pay this much when you're going to shove a political agenda down my throat at the theme park? And by the way, you know, there's these giant lines and your rides don't work. Or why do I have to pay this much to go see this movie? I just canceled my Disney, by the way, subscription. I I actually didn't even realize I still had it. (laughs) They charge like once a year, they get you on that stuff. They're like, why, why do I want Disney plus? I don't need this, right? Because I don't need their agenda being thrown in my face every day. Elon Musk, he has, he's hit on this. He's hit on this directly. In fact, he just spoke. You got to hear it. He, he just spoke about this issue. Elon was not holding back. He's like, he's, he's out to get, by the way. He he had a few F-bombs, remember, for Bob Iger, who's now the CEO of Disney. He, he's not taken too kindly to Iger. And he makes the point that this is a company that actually is being ruined from a financial standpoint because of its insane wokeness. Let's listen to him.
2: If we're going to fight the woke mind virus, then the woke mind virus will fight back. And unfortunately, Disney is deeply infected with (laughs) the woke mind virus. In fact, if you ask an AI, what is the most woke company on earth? It's Disney, (laughs) (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah and the wokeness doesn't help but, the company at all you know. and you have to say There's what some would, would clap in that I mean, crowd i, I guess they like that but what it, would you look make, at the stock price hey it's, it's it. trading at half of where it was just 5 years ago it's ridiculous i mean that's a great iconic american brand so in walks nelson pelts who's a big time investor and he's trying to you know muscle in by the way i think he's kind of more conservative than he is liberal so that's probably a good thing and he's like using his sharp elbows to try and get in there on the board and get a bunch of board seats to try and change things because when you lose reportedly a billion dollars on your last four flop films you're clearly out of touch with your audience they're so out of touch with their audience they actually had to bring it up in an annual report recently In late September, they admitted, you know, sometimes our audience doesn't understand where we're coming from. Okay, guys, then you know what? Maybe that's time to kind of get back to your roots and be what you were. Otherwise, that stock price is going to go down even further. I mean, you got other issues, too. The reality is things are changing really quick in the media business, as we all know, which is why I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so pleased that you guys are here. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed Hit the likes, share the clips, share the show. It all every little bit counts. So thank you for that. We are live right now on YouTube, on Facebook and on Rumble. And again, um, I am seeing some new names here, so welcome, uh, Rock, good to have you here. Uh, good Billy, good to see you as well, and Don. So I, I do appreciate all of your support and want to encourage you. Abel's back with us as well to um, I know Abel, you are not a fan of Disney. You've brought that up quite a bit, and uh, you're right to to be very cautious on this. I mean, I look at it as a stock right now, and I, I'm just sort of perplexed as to why they haven't been able to realize more value, and I think it's because they just have a management structure that has hired so many woke people, and you get like the whole place filled with all these woke kids, and everybody has a sort of idea of what they want the world to be, and that's more important to them don't forget where they're coming out of the harvard princeton yales of the world right harvard especially they're coming out of these institutions that have just brainwashed them and now they're going to work and they're not making a lot of money and they got to pay all these you know debts back theoretically maybe unless biden has anything to do with it <laughs> how about that the truck driver paying for the harvard kid i love that right gosh it's really it's really pathetic but anyway The point being that you have a whole cast, to use a Disney word, of crew members there at Disney that really don't subscribe to the Disney that was. Instead, they're trying to create something new and they're passionate about that. They're not passionate about making money. They probably don't even care about it. And so the interests are not well aligned. And I don't know how you change the entire company. It's that big. Maybe you spin off some parts. That's an idea. Maybe the parks business gets bought by someone else. I mean, it's crazy to think, right? Because Disney, the brand, is so important and so valuable. Or not. Maybe it's not anymore. I think you got to divide and conquer. And you can't be everything to everyone. And so, Disney, maybe the smartest thing is to, you know, just start over. Because I don't know how you deal with an entire team of people so caught up in this woke ideology that they can't get out of their own way. So kudos to Elon for noticing that one. Hey, great to see you guys. As always, don't forget the show over on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Please make sure you subscribe to the whole audio version of it there, and I'll see you tomorrow.